Hey there, everyone. My name is Ari, and welcome to Made of Metal, a motivational podcast where we tell stories about regular people overcoming insurmountable odds. So welcome, welcome, everybody, for yet another installment in this incredible, empowering, enlightening, insightful series of interviews with some wonderful, wonderful guests. We are and we are powering right through. Today we are speaking with Mrs. Sarah Atley, who I absolutely loved speaking to. She was amazing. I'm sorry, I could not wait to bring her on. And she really had a unique story that I really enjoyed learning about myself. And I felt like you guys would also very much appreciate. And well, I won't give I won't give it all away at this point, but you know, you guys know I don't want to say too much in the beginning, but I will say, hey there, Sarah. Thank you so much for being on. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I have been looking forward to this. I'm really excited to be here. And I just want to say to your listeners that um, I have been enjoying the Made of Metal podcast because I think, Ari, you are a gifted storyteller. I think you just do such a great job with your pacing and your timing and the subject matter that you choose. So I hope your listeners appreciate that as much as I do. Oh, thank you so much, Sarah. Oh my gosh. I might tear up a little, honestly. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, I really I'm appreciate it. I'm just so it. excited to be here. Yes. And we're excited to have you. So we chatted a little bit before. I would love for us to jump right into it. Wonderful. Yeah. Where should we start? Oh my gosh. I want to start with the, the, the most important thing, the quilts. <laughs> my Let's start with quilts thing. by all means. Yes. Absolutely. So um, I am a visual artist, and my medium of choice at this moment is quilting. I make quilts. Now, this is probably a lot like what you're picturing. A quilt goes on your bed. I also make quilted placemats, pot holders, table runners, things that just exist around your home. And I also make quilts that hang on the walls. So for me, quilting is uh, absolutely an art form, and it is the most fun I've ever had as a maker. And I am so glad that I allowed myself to go down this joyful path. Ah, so when you say you're allowed yourself, what do you mean? Was it sort of hard for you to sort of break into quilting or because I know a lot of art is sort of viewed as people don't appreciate it, in my opinion, as much as they should. The makers, the creators, you guys are invaluable. So what did you mean when you said you finally accepted going down this path? Well, um, I did not encounter any external resistance when I got into quilting. It was very, very easy. Um, quilters are, when, if you start to get into this world a little bit, you will find out that quilters are everywhere. We are simply everywhere. We're in every community. We find each other. We form groups. We form community networks. And it's a really, really beautiful thing. And I just, I just stepped sideways right into this almost by accident. So what was happening before I was a full-time quilter is I I was a painter. And this is what I trained for when I went to school, when I went to college and graduate school. I studied painting mm -hmm. and drawing. Mm -hmm. And this was my chosen art form for a long, long time. However, when I was a kid, we had a sewing machine in the house. And it was actually something that was used. Both of my parents knew how to sew, uh, and mm -hmm. I learned how to use the sewing machine. And I was kind of vaguely interested in quilts. You know, we had them in the house. 
And I sort of started to get interested in that kind of as a side thing, like as a hobby, as just something to do once in a while as a, as a fun project. The first quilt I made was for myself. Ooh. And it was made out of, uh, I made it out of my old jeans and that was really fun. Oh, I think a yes. jeans quilt. Upcycle. And yes. Yes. Upcycling. And I got to say like a jeans quilt is just such a classic starter quilt project because it looks really easy. And then you find out mm-hmm. denim is pretty hard to work with. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I I just went right into that classic phase of making a jeans quilt that was also really big, which made it very hard to handle on a domestic sewing machine. Anyway, so quilts kind <laughs> of like, stayed in the background. <laughs> yeah, and you don't find out about these until you start quilting. So then you you know you find out the hard way. But quilting kind of stayed in the background for me for a long time. Um, again, just as a fun project to do once in a while. Um, and around 2014, 15, I accidentally discovered that there is this thing called the modern quilting movement, uh, and there's an organization called the Modern Quilt Guild which I had never heard of before. And I thought, what is this thing? Modern quilting. That sounds so rad. Yeah. The modern quilting. It does, right? I love it. (laughs) Yeah. And I wondered, okay, what do we mean by modern? And am I a modern quilter? Wow. It turns out that I am because I appreciate quilts and I look at quilts from the past and I find them so inspiring and I want to make things like that, but I want to put my contemporary take on it. I want to be a quilt maker of for the present day. And that's essentially, you know, you get to call yourself a modern quilter if you, if you do those things. And by the way, I'm not in charge of, you know, who gets to be a modern quilter, who calls himself what I don't make the rules. Okay. And- <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. That disclaimer, that disclaimer. I am not the head of the modern quilters. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, you make your own rules. Okay. You get to decide what, who you are. Everybody gets to decide that. Oh, so you have a lot of, okay. So is quilting like a space where you have like a pivoting from painting to quilting or do you, yes. do you do both? Do you do both things? Well, I actually, I still love painting. I decided Mm -hmm. to follow quilting as a full-time pursuit after it just like the desire within me became so great and it started to interfere with my painting practice. And with my painting practice, I had, you know, obligations. I was working with galleries. Um, I had commission clients. I had things that I had to do with painting before Mm -hmm. I could allow myself to do quilting. And this became an ongoing conversation with myself over and over again. I I would say to myself, myself, okay, um, Sarah, you need to finish your painting before you start another quilt. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it became this sort of ridiculous thing. And like I said earlier, this is this was not coming from any external force. Nobody's telling me, oh, you're a fine artist. You can't make quilts or nothing <laughs> like that. Nothing like that. This was completely internal resistance that I had to overcome. And I decided, oh, okay, let's just do it. Let's mm-hmm. just take a turn, go down this path, see where it leads. And I... It's one of the best decisions I ever made for myself. I allowed myself to kind of redefine what I do. And I'm so glad I did. Oh my God, that had to have been so difficult to kind of make that jump. Because not that we kind of get stuck into this idea of, oh, this is who I am. This is what I do. But if you were painting for so long and, you know, you studied it, you're clearly a professional advanced painter, you know, this is what you do. And then for quilting to sort of like sneak up on you and be like, hey, you know, I'm pretty fun too. That like, (laughs) how are you like, it's, it's, it's so interesting to me to, to think of how you were able to, again, allow yourself to even do that 
to balance those two parts of yourself without feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. And I got to say, I, I often do feel overwhelmed with ideas, with things I want to do, because I, I still love painting. I mm-hmm. still love drawing. I draw in my sketchbook. I, I paint in my sketchbook, you know, so that the, there's a lot of desire there to do all of the things. And that can be overwhelming. However, when I was in the middle of this pivot, what made it a lot easier is that I was following my joy. I was following the thing that was exciting and where I had everything to learn. Because with painting, I started to feel like the process was too predictable. I had had enough experience, Mm. enough practice in it that every painting that I started was a pretty clear map to where I was going to end up. The results were very predictable and the process was very predictable. Mm-hmm. But with quilting, that wasn't true at all. I also learned that I am an improv quilter. I'm an improvisational quilter. I didn't know that that was a thing until I yeah, learned like, that, oh, that's what I'm doing. Ah, so you're just like freestyling it basically. Quilting doesn't, so it's not like you right. have like a, like a, an idea or a plan. You're like, okay, this is how the quilt's going to turn out. So you just kind of like, you know, go and do it on the fly. Exactly, which is so much fun for me. So a lot of the quilting that we're familiar with, it involves a pattern, which means that the maker may have started with a specific design, specific measurements, specific fabrics. Nothing wrong with that. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, there are centuries of tradition of making quilts in this way in different cultures all over the world, by the way. This is not just an American art form. But for me, improvising, it's like painting. It's like painting with fabric. Mm-hmm. And I may mm-hmm. start with a certain palette. I think of it as a palette, just like I would with painting. Oh, I may start with a certain yeah. set of colors, a certain group yeah. of fabrics that I've put together because I love the way they interact with each other. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I might have a general design idea. I might say, okay, I'm going to make a shape that looks like this, and I'm going to do it over and over again, but it's going to be a different size every time. Or I'm going to start with these colors in the middle of my quilt and then just continue adding fabric to the outside edges and until I feel like it's done or big enough or something like that. And it's so much fun. Gosh. So you're like really like going back to what you were saying in terms of following your joy and going down that, that uncertain path, you really leaned into that uncertainty because it, that's also evident in your work. You're literally leaning into uncertainty and, you know, to make this beautiful, beautiful quilt. And you're just kind of like improving all the way. So quilting, you say that is is quilting something that you do full time? Is quilting something that is sort of your bread and butter at this point? It is what I do full time. Um, I am oh a full time working artist, and yes. that is what I have identified as for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a part time job, which happens to be in the quilting industry, which was just you know a stroke of luck, something that I happened into. <sighs> Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a full-time artist and, and quilting is my career. And this is another thing that I have allowed myself to do. Just like I pivoted from painting into quilting, I allow myself to say, this is the best thing that I do. This is the thing that I love the most. This, and that makes it my purpose. That makes it feel like mm. where I am truly aligned with my purpose is making art. And right now that means making quilts. That could change. That could Mm -hmm. change in the future. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody has to do the same thing for their entire lives if they don't love doing that thing. But that is the space that I'm inhabiting at this moment. Oh my God. I love your sort of your optimism, your (laughs) go-getter-isms with being an artist and being a creative. I, 
I know that that space can be really difficult to sort of carve, you know, a, a place in. When you were considering making art and being creative your full-time job, were you was there any apprehension or were you, you were kind of sure sort of the steps that you were going to take? Well, every day is a little bit different. Some Ooh. days there is apprehension. Some days uh, there is some anxiety. Uh, some days there's a lot of confidence. Some days I get to connect with a client who has seen my work, loves my style, loves what I do and says, I want some of what you do and I want it in my home. I want it in my space. I oh want to give gosh. it as a gift to somebody that I love. And that mm-hmm. is, that's a peak moment. That makes everything worthwhile. And when I am, when I'm in my studio and I'm again, allowing myself the creative time, creative space to just get in my flow and let my truth come out in the form of color and texture and playing with material that it makes everything worthwhile. Um, I will say that I have had to put a great deal of time and energy into learning to be an entrepreneur. You know, that, that is a big, big part of what I do. So I'm a small business. Mm -hmm. I'm a small business owner. Yep. And I have had to learn about marketing, about sales, about uh, networking, about building community, about project management, inventory management, all of these things. And at the moment, I'm a team of one. I'm a solopreneur. So I have to oh uh, be really conscientious about uh, how I spend my time, how I spend my energy. So were you stepping into the space of being an entrepreneur sort of completely new to it? Was it something that you, all of these new roles that you have to take on, is this something completely new to you? Or do you have sort of like background experience of it? Or you were just like, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm just going to figure it out. It's kind of like you just said, this this is what I love to do the best. I better make it work for me. I better make it work for the rest of my life. So, and it's something that, you know, I've been at this, (laughs) I've been at it for a long time. So I've kind of come into the entrepreneurial role gradually and it's been Mm. a learning process and I'm still learning. I'm learning every day and it's, it's a practice, you know, Mm -hmm. it's something that you come to today and I will apply what I learned yesterday and I will uh, surround myself with smart, motivated, experienced people uh, like you, Ari, who have had your own experience in the world. And I can learn, I can learn a lot from you and the way that you foster community through your podcast, through your newsletter, you know, those are really valuable lessons. And so I always want to continue connecting with, like I said, smart, energetic people. Oh my gosh, Sarah. I'm so happy that we connected just like (laughs) everybody, please. I love Sarah. I just want to make that clear. Um, But I love how you are, again, these themes sort of the theme of community and the importance of community and connection is something that I feel like is so prevalent in number one in the space and the sort of the wellness you know, mental health, everyday sort of life space, but mm-hmm. also in the in the space of what you're talking about in that truly we are stronger together. Teamwork really makes the dream work. And I, it, you know, it can be hard sometimes to sort of connect with people to take that chance because of course you're taking a huge chance. And I'm sure you know, be, again, being a small business owner every day, you are taking chances, I'm sure, and taking chances on yourself, which I think it's just, you're so like, oh, you're so, so inspiring. Like truly like, oh, you're oh just my like, gosh, thank you. so going after it. But like, it, I really loved how you mentioned community and how 
important that is. Has that sort of been sort of a defining factor for you and helping your business grow and helping your entrepreneur mindset and everything? So I know it's all a holistic sort of thing, basically. Absolutely. And the importance of community, not only does it play a critical role in how I run my business and how I choose to inhabit this entrepreneurial space and build community by making connections, but uh, community is a huge part of quilting culture as well. And this is one of the interesting things that I learned when I pivoted from painting to quilting is that the culture surrounding this practice is different. When I was focused on painting, we have these arbitrary and artificial divisions between, for example, fine art and craft or functional art and decorative art. Or, you know, we have these distinctions. To me, they're meaningless. I Mm -hmm. I just don't care. Mm -hmm. (laughs) However, when we're considering how people in the world interact with art and how the art economy works, um, these distinctions, unfortunately, rear their ugly heads. So, in the quote fine art space, like I'm just going to keep putting air quotes around fine art. Just every time I say that, just please picture quotes around it. <laughs> right. um, Listeners, air quotes, fine art. <laughs> Check. So when I'm, at, when I'm in a fine art context and uh, for example, I may be in competition with other artists to secure a grant, to uh, secure a residency, to secure a spot in a juried show, to secure a spot with a Um, being represented by a gallery, um, it can feel competitive. It doesn't have to. Mm. Because in the fine art space, I actually have a really, really wonderful network of artists and we're very supportive of each other. Um, But it can feel competitive. Um, And I suppose this can be true in the quilting world as well. But what I found in the quilting spaces is that community support is just a given. It's There's just so much support. There's so much compassion. People are so willing to share with each other, share opportunities, share fabric. I mean, there's just like this endless circle of fabric that just goes around and around and around. And it's, <laughs> like, it, it's like it that. never stops. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, please share the love, share the fabric. Same thing. <laughs> yes. And and share techniques and how to do things and little tips and tricks oh, and wow. stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. And this is something that has brought me so much joy and has taught me so many things since I've been in kind of in the quilting world. And that informs my business practice in a big way. Wow. I So it's clear when you when I hear you talk about quilting and see you talk about quilting, you light up with such a bright light, such a passion for it. That's incredible. And especially because you don't, you don't often hear about people, you know, oh, I'm so excited about my quilting. You know what I mean? You really... That's why I loved when when you like talking to you and hearing about and being like, wow, this is so much more layered and so much more interesting than what I know about quilts. You know what I mean? I love quilts, though. I will say that. Mm -hmm. I think (laughs) they are beautiful. I think your quilts are beautiful. So thank you. um, Yeah, you're very welcome. So yeah, I just love how passionate you are about it and how you sort of like made your way and how optimistic and positive you are like this start doing a starting a small business can be stressful and um you know it can it i can see that you're uh definitely taking you're having a very healthy sort of balanced mindset about it and it's obvious in your success like it's obvious i am super inspired super floored um But before we wrap up, is there anything that you wanted to share with the audience? 
Sure. Yeah. Well, I, first of all, thank you very much for your kind words. Um, I I appreciate it so much when, when I am quilting, um, it's, it's just pure joy. I just, I just feel so much joy and I really, really hope this is what I want to deliver to people. I want to share this feeling with other people through the material expression that I practice. And if your listeners are interested in learning more about what I do, uh, they can visit my website, sarahatley.com. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. I'm pretty easy to find. And um, I would encourage you to uh, sign up for my email newsletter. It's called The Fold. And it's been a monthly newsletter, but it's going to go weekly starting pretty soon here. And you can sign up for that at my website. Um, I would like people to know that if they are as passionate as I am about bringing this kind of uh, color and joy and expression into their space, I am available for commissions. So you are welcome to commission an original work from me. That means that we start with a conversation, Ari, just like you and I are having right now. We talk about what's meaningful for you. We talk about what you want this quilt to do in your space or if it's going to be a gift for somebody else. And then I go into the studio and I work my magic and you come away with a finished product. So there are lots of ways to follow my work. And I hope that your listeners have enjoyed this. I am sure that they have enjoyed it just as much, even if not more so than I. And I also want to encourage and plug you guys. I'm going to be posting um, this video up. So, but you guys can see the beautiful quilts right behind Sarah. Like they're right there. You can clearly see how wonderful they are. And I'm going to be including all of her links in the description of this episode. So if you would like the commission, if you would like to reach out to her, check out her website, please click the links in that show description. And with that, Sarah, thank you so, so much for coming on and bringing your joy of quilting, your resilience as a small business owner, your optimism, all to the audience. I know that it resonated. I know that you appreciated it. And with that, I just want to give you guys a quick reminder. If you are loving the podcast, please leave me a review. Send me some feedback. I would love to hear how you guys are enjoying it. And please, please, please... (laughs) Do not forget, and I know it sounds so cheesy every time I say it, but I mean it, that I love each and every one of you, and please bloom where you are planted. Bye.